Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to talk about the fact that in the United States of America now, Roe versus Wade is gone. So how should we react to this fact? Um, there's been a number of different reactions and accusations and such that have come, and I want to deal with some of that. So first of all, Let's talk about Roe versus Wade. It, it did not end abortion in the United States, contrary to many people's popular belief. Um, it pushed back that topic to the states and for each state to decide. So in that aspect, um, biblically, that's, that's not necessarily... Uh, a win that we would hope. Um, we would hope that people would sustain life and the value of life and the sanctity of life. But um, it is a win in many states. In our state, in my state of Michigan, we already have uh, laws on the books that show that Abortion is illegal in the state, so once it got kicked back to the state, it was effectively illegal in Michigan to have an abortion. So what is our response to that? Well, when we look biblically at the, the topic of abortion, God is the giver and holder of life. Genesis 2.7 then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That's where life in human form originated, and God is the one who gave it. De uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, down in verse 20. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. So God is the one who determines your life and your length of days. Job 33, 4. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Down in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 24 and 25. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. So life, even your next breath, comes as a result of a gift from God. Revelation chapter 11, verse 11. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who were watching them. This is speaking of the two witnesses that were killed mid-tribulation, and the breath of God, because God gives life, came back on them, and they were resurrected at that point, brought back to life. So God is the giver and the holder of life, and we find in the very first book of the Bible, in chapter 4 of Genesis, that God hates 
murder, the very first murder, starting down in verse 8, Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. So God hates, he absolutely hates murder, even to the point when God created his law and gave it to Moses on Mount Sinai. The summary of that law in the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, uh, down in verse 13, says, You shall not murder. That's why um, we don't murder nowadays, is because God has defined that murder is wrong. He hates murder. And you say, well, but terminating a pregnancy is not murder. Well, according to God, he treats babies in the womb the same as if they were outside the womb. Down in the very next chapter, Exodus chapter 21, verses 22 through 25, if men struggle with each other and strike a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely. So this is a, a woman who's pregnant, the two men fighting, she gets in the midst of it and gets hit and... The baby's born prematurely, yet there is no injury. He shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judges decide. But if there is any further injury, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life. So there, God clearly defines the unborn child as alive, because you are the penalty is life for life. He goes on. Um, sorry, I lost my pace. place. Verse 24, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Verse 25, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. And so God treats babies in the womb the same as he treats them outside the womb. A murder of a baby inside the womb is a murder of a person. And so... Just like Horton Hears a Who said, a person's a person no matter how small. And God has affirmed that. Uh, actually, God defined that. So we celebrate that some of these states have gone back to a state where abortion is illegal because abortion is immoral as far as God is concerned. And God is the, the definer of morality. So what should we do? There's been an accusation lately that Christians only care about um, births. They don't care about the children after that, which, by the way, is a bunch of hogwash. Um, Christians have done more over the centuries to, um, to help orphans and to help people in general They've done more for the plight of women. They've done more for um, the advancement of, of 
the worth of people in general than any other group of people. So first of all, it's a bunch of hogwash. It's just trying to detract from the focus of the debate and from the, the it's a straw man argument to distract you from the fact that abortion is murder and it, it, it should absolutely be illegal because it's completely immoral. Um, but what does the Bible say about what we do with children who are unwanted? Um, Exodus chapter 22, verses 22 through 24. You shall not afflict any widow or orphan. If you afflict him at all, and if he does cry out to me, I will surely hear his cry, and my anger will be kindled, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall become widows, and your children fatherless. And so, God has a special place in his heart for the fatherless, for the orphan. Um, it is very important to him. And he says that we should take care of them and not oppress them, not treat them differently than others. Uh, Deuteronomy 14, 29, the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you and the alien, the orphan and the widow who are in your town shall come and eat and be satisfied in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hand, which you do. And so he's saying, take care of them, provide for them, help them out. In fact, the word of God goes so far in James 1.27 that he says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. You want pure religion? It's more than just keeping you from being unstained by the world. It also includes visiting those who cannot provide for themselves in their struggle and trial and helping them out. And when he says visiting, he doesn't mean go talk and go to them and sit to them and sit with them and talk to them and and provide um, socialization. That's not the visiting he's referring to there. He's talking about visiting them in their distress. So come in their time of difficulty, in their time of distress and help them out. Take care of them. Be there for the widow, be there for the orphan, and in the context, it's there for those who cannot take care of themselves. In the Bible times, a widow had a very difficult time, as we see in the book of Ruth, a very difficult time providing for herself and the remainder of her family, because the majority of the workforce was men at the time. And so to provide for the widow is to provide for someone who cannot take care of themselves. The same thing for an orphan. They don't have a family to provide for them. And so you step in according to God's heart and provide for them. We not only provide for them, but we also protect them. And this protection is multifaceted. This protection includes protecting them from um, being misused, mistreated, 
it also provides for protecting them from the other things of life. We can see throughout all of these things. We're going to take a look at a few verses in just a moment. But we can see in all of these things, God's heart for the, the widow and the orphan, which would include giving them a place to stay, um, whether that be um, in getting involved in foster care if in your area, or whether that be getting involved in adoption. And you say, well, I can't afford adoption. Yes, you can. First of all, God can provide. And second of all, if we are talking about adopting domestically from your area, you absolutely can afford it. Most areas will even subsidize that if you are already involved in their foster care system. I know the state of Michigan does. Uh, it doesn't cost you a penny to adopt someone if you are already taking care of people through the foster system. They, they support that heart through the state and want you to be able to adopt so that, you know, protect them. Get involved in some way to rally around the, the orphans that are coming and be th what the, they need someone to take care of them. So back again to Deuteronomy chapter eight, uh, 10, verse 18 this time. Speaking of the heart of God, he executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So he's executing justice for those who cannot provide for themselves, the widow and the orphan. De Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 17, You shall not pervert the justice due an alien or an orphan, nor take a widow's garment in pledge. Don't pervert justice just because they can't help you back or just because they have no political clout or influence does not mean you have right to misuse them. In fact, God says if you do those things, you are on his bad list. And he will take care of that. Psalm 10 and verse 18. Uh, let's go back to verse 17. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth will no longer cause terror. God stands up for the orphan, those who have been abandoned, and those who have been oppressed. Psalm 68 in verse 5, A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. He considers himself as replacing the father that the fatherless do not have. Psalm 82 in verse 3, Vindicate the weak and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute. And so that shows our, our heart where it should be for the fatherless, for the widows, for the orphans. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 5, Then I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, and against the adulterers, and against those who swear falsely, and against those who oppress the wage earner in his wages, the widow and the orphan, and those who turn aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. God is against those who oppress orphans 
and who uh, do not stand up for them. That includes all the way from those who murder them to those who abandon them and those who abandon them without taking it on themselves to actually be the ones to provide for them. So I would encourage you to have the same attitude and heart as our God who values those who are oppressed and those who are unable to take care of themselves. And so we need to come alongside them. And we're not talking about those who are um, abusing the system and you know trying to live off of welfare and such. The Bible has a lot to talk about that as well. That's not the focus here. It's these who have been left um, for dead that cannot provide for themselves. There is no way they can. And so we are to come alongside them. We are to take care of them. We are to protect them. We are to take them in to our homes. So I hope you've had some things to think about. Again, we celebrate the fact that in many states that it is now illegal to murder babies, but we also come alongside those who need our help. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.